to another episode of So Talk to Me, episode number 59. We've made it 59 episodes. That's a pretty big accomplishment there. Totally screwed up that word. That's okay. It's just podcasting. It's just the only way that people recognize you is your voice and the words that you use. But it's it's, it's totally fine. Uh, how, how's it going? How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good. Yeah? It's been a pretty good day. It was kind of a hectic morning, but... Whoa. The rest of the day was good. Not that the morning wasn't good, just that it was kind of busy. Yeah. I mean, I was I was home, but I mean, if it was a terrible morning, then that's okay. That's why it was you know. terrible. I see. <laughs> I think that just backfired on me. <laughs> well, all right. I'm glad to hear you've had a good day. Yeah. How um how how has the the Austin water crisis been impacting you? Um I mean hasn't been that bad. It's just making doing dishes a bit more inconvenient because it takes longer. Yeah. Um, but because of our amazing water filter, it really hasn't messed with us very much. So. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, here in the greater Austin area, um, we've been put on a boil water notice because mm-hmm. apparently all of the rain that we've been getting has been like flooding into the reservoir. I, I don't know. I, I've... I'm not even sure how it makes sense. Basically, it's being flooded and a lot of debris and something called silt. I've never heard that word before this week. Um, is pouring into the the whatever reservoir tanks, and they need and and Austin Water is trying to um, filter it all to get it to you know like proper filtration levels. But because of all the excess silt and runoff and mud and stuff that's in the reservoir tanks it it's slower to actually filter it all and so um it's not in order to supply all of the greater austin area with water it is not up to their normal water standards normal filtration standards and so we need to boil our water in order to drink it, in order to consume it basically um, yeah, you can still bathe in it and brush your teeth, wash your hands. Well, you're not supposed to brush your teeth. Yeah, brushing your teeth is fine. You're not you're not swallowing the water, so it's fine. That's what the city of Austin has said. Oh, I've been using the filtered water to brush my teeth. Cool. I mean, that's fine too. Because I'm literally like scrubbing my gums with that. Okay. Cool. Anyways, so it's it's been a fun few days. Like the first day it happened, it was it was kind of weird. Or when when we were first put on the the boil water notice, yeah, because this is the first time it's happened in the history of Austin water. Yeah, so. yeah it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I remember talking with you, and you were like, "How long do you think this will last?" I'm like, "Eh, two, three days, not that big of a deal." And then the other day, or maybe it was the second day, the estimate was something like ten to fourteen days maximum. I was like, "Whoa, that's a and lot now it's longer up than I to thought." The election, really? Yeah. Oh, see, I haven't been keeping up. That's crazy. That is quite a long time. When is that? <laughs> November second. That's not a long time. It's still what eight days away from today. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. That's it's about 10 to 14 days. <laughs> Just like they had predicted. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been interesting. Um like all the water fountains at work are like taped, taped. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that no one drinks from them and but we have we have like filtered watered stations. They they installed them. I don't know what you call them. Uh like water coolers. <laughs> That's mm. what they're called. They're literally what they're called. Um throughout campus. So like I haven't had any trouble getting water to drink. And like you said, our filter here at home actually filters out any kind of bacteria that may be in the water. Yep. Which is pretty freaking sweet. Um we've got like an industrial something my dad had got us. I say industrial, probably not that big, but <laughs> it's bigger than a pitcher. You know, yeah. it's probably like four of those pitchers in one. It's this big metal thing, monstrosity. <laughs> but yeah. So that's been fun dealing with water issues, trying to remember not to drink tap water. Not that I normally do, but like even yeah. in the shower, I'm just like, oh yeah, I can't really... I don't know, not that I usually drink a lot of water in the shower, but it's just like, <laughs> don't consume I'm this. learning something new about you. No, well, okay, what it was, what it was, honestly, is that I was brushing my teeth in the shower. Yeah. And so, like, I rinse my, my mouth out, and I'm just like, you know, th- you know, like, right after you brush your teeth, you get kind of like dry mouth. So it made me want, I'm in the shower, made me want to drink some water because I had brushed my teeth. My mouth was dry, and I had to tell myself no, because I don't want the bacteria or whatever. You Not learn that something even... new every day. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's my <laughs> thought process. And now all of you also <laughs> learned something new today. About when Josh takes a shower. Congratulations. <laughs> so how was your day? Uh, my day's been good. Um, stuff at work took longer than I expected, so... I just had a bunch of stuff to do prepping for our fall festival on Saturday. Fun. Um, yeah. It's I'm a, excited. It'll be fun. Yeah, we're doing a trunk or treat up at the church. And um, while I think I had participated in one when I was really young, I remember someone having a bunch of candy in the back of their car. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Weird memories, huh? Um, I... I I don't know what it is. This is like the first one in my adult life that I've ever been a part of. But it seems like this year, like that's what all the churches are doing. Like everyone is doing trunk or treats. Well, everyone's been doing trunk or treats for a long time, babe. Really? Yeah. Okay. Most churches do that. Okay. I'd never noticed it before, but it seems like this year. We're late. Everyone is. Okay. Okay. Well, cool. There you go. So there's trunk or treat on Saturday, but there's the it's more it's a lot more than that. There's actually like a classic car show. We're gonna have a band playing, so I have to set up all that stuff. Yeah. We're gonna. It's like a full on festival. Festival, yeah, the festival of games and food and candy and mm-hmm. costumes and car show. Apparently, a cake yeah. walk. Oh yes, cake walk. Which uh, reminds me, I need to make something for that. There's like a uh, what? What do you call that? The the dunk a dunk tank. That's what it's called. Dunk tank. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm stoked. It's always super cute. Now that I have kids of my own, 
I'm like, oh, look at the families. Look at the kids dressed up. Whereas like before, I'm just like, yeah, that's what you do at this time of year. Now I'm just like, I don't know, man. It's so cute. Yeah, exactly. Weird. (laughs) Weird things. So yeah, my day's been good. Just prepping for that. Making sure all of our stuff works. We're going to be showing, um, what is it? The Great Pumpkin? Yeah, it's The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. And so I don't think I've ever seen that. What? Are you kidding me? I don't know. Maybe we need to turn this off right now and watch it because maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't know. It's a freaking classic. I mean, like, I know. Have I've you seen, seen Charlie Brown Christmas? Yes. Okay. It's like the sequel to Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> it's like number sequel. two in in all of like all of Peanuts TV movie specials. It's number two. Christmas is the best because like. Linus actually quotes scripture. Which I know is I've seen cool. bits and pieces, but I don't think I've actually like sat down and watched the entire. Well, thing. you're watching it on Saturday with the kids dressed up as pirates. Except that it doesn't start until like what seven? A little something? bit before seven, yeah. Okay. Well, we're probably not going to stay for the whole thing. You need to. <laughs> You need to. It's like 25 minutes long. Oh, okay. It's not very long. Yeah, none of those Peanuts movies are very long. Except the Peanuts movie. I was movie, so young, I don't remember. Which I still haven't even seen. But I've heard it's good from someone that I don't trust. Is they, that a new movie? The Peanuts movie? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it's probably like two or three years old. It's um, uh, CG. Probably more than that. Computer-generated images, but they but they look pretty true to... What's his name? Oh my gosh, I can't think of the illustrator, the creator's name of Peanuts. Charlie Brown? Yes, Charlie Brown. It's not, <laughs> it is true to Charlie Brown's vision. Charles Schultz, that's his name. Yeah. Um, so it looks good. I just haven't seen it. But yeah. Neither have I. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. It's a good video. I like that video. <laughs> kid needs to have his own like talk show (laughs) where he just talks by himself i mean he doesn't even need anyone there he just talking to the camera that was your favorite video for a long time uh well you would quote it yeah a lot oh yeah yeah yeah. because people use that i don't know maybe it's just me maybe i just use that word a lot in my head apparently (laughs) the powerball Good stuff. Go check that out. Reco, early reco for today. If we haven't already recommend, I don't know. We're 59 episodes in. I don't remember everything we recommend. We might have already recommended that video. I doubt it. Doesn't matter. Go watch it again. It's like 30 seconds. So. And if you haven't seen it, what rock have you been living under? Yeah. Yeah. The non-YouTube rock. Come on. Get out from under that rock. It's like the, I like turtles, boy. Like mm-hmm. if you haven't seen that. What rock have you been living under? Yeah, seriously. That's a good Halloween video. It is. There we go. We've got two videos to check out. Each of them are like 30 seconds long. So you, what? She was asking if he was dressed as a zombie. Was that it? Are Something. You... No, I mean, he was dressed as a zombie. Yeah. So yeah. But she was asking about his costume. And he was just like, I like turtles. It's good. <laughs> That's it. It's good. Because he looks like a little zombie. Like his face paint is legit. He looks pretty scary. But he just says, I like turtles. <laughs> it's good. With that little like child drawl. 
Anyways, good stuff, man. Yeesh. Recommendations already popping up. Yep. Well, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Mm, like small talk stuff? Yeah. Not really. I don't think so. Oh, um, I mean, it's not really a topic. It's just me being annoyed that um, politicians keep sending me text messages. Nice. No, it's not nice. It's not nice at all. It's very frustrating. Because I'm like, where the heck did you even get my phone number? Why are you texting me? I mean. Go away. Leave me alone. How do I say this? I don't want to vote for you. In a nice way. I'll just say. I don't like you. You're a politician. I haven't been getting very many text messages. I think I got one. So you must have done something or given out your number somewhere. How? I don't know. I don't know what you did. Is it because my Facebook page is just. So political. Not private anymore. No, mine's not private. I don't care who <laughs> stumbles on my Facebook page. Okay. I don't know. I don't Do know. you have your cell phone number on your on your no, Facebook page? No, that's hidden. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, I don't think I ever put my like address or phone number on Facebook. Like I think, that, I don't know. That's my address isn't. Okay. My phone number that's is, good. but it's, I have it hidden. Okay. Gotcha. That's probably for the best. Um, but I, I don't mean, I don't know. I, I don't know everything you've ever done or ever, anywhere you've ever put your cell phone number. So I don't know where it popped up, but, but they, like have even, they have it. They have it because I have politicians have it. I would understand because in the past I have voted for Republican candidates. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that they might have my information. Just, just through my voter information, maybe? Voter info? Can I don't know. Can politicians get your cell phone number from your voter records? I, I don't, don't know. think that's legal. It doesn't sound legal, but somehow <laughs> they have my phone number, and Thanks, it's really NSA. annoying. But, like, Democratic candidates also have my phone number, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, I would never vote for you. Go away. Yeah. Can't vote for Democrats. Nope. <laughs> I mean, just being real, I'm not going <laughs> to vote for a Democrat. Yeah. The only reason I vote for any Republicans is because they're pro-life. So, Boom. That's literally the only reason. <laughs> so why would you never vote for a Democrat then? Because they're not pro-life, they're pro-choice. Every single one? Every single one that I've personally looked up, Yeah, that's something that they usually have on their platform. Right. So, Yeah, that's the problem. It's like the actual Democratic platform Mm -hmm. is pro-choice so yeah i mean i i was asking you sort of not rhetorically that's not the right word it's kind of playing the devil's advocate just so that you kind of explain yourself a little bit but i i for the most part i don't think we've shied away from that topic on our podcast so i don't think democrats i don't think no just us we're pro-life like we've talked about that totally so i I guess just from that i would assume that people would think that we don't usually vote Democrat because yeah. we've <laughs> nailed it in pretty hard that we are very pro-life. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that that makes sense, but just kind of like throwing out statements without kind of why. That's it. like that was quite a um strong statement that you would never vote for a democrat. And while I agree with you, I would not either. The reason that I would not is because of the the platform right. that that not only accepts our current um I would say heinous abortion laws, but that wants to continue to push them even further. Yep. And that is absolutely insane to me. That Frank, wants frankly, to keep the Holocaust insane, but, going. Uh, yeah, yeah. Gosh, so let's just talk about abortion. How about that one? Um, <laughs> we can totally do that as a topic at I, some point. I mean, we could, but... I have a lot to say about that topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but um, yeah, it's just, it's absolutely insane. I think, yeah, have we... I don't even know. Okay, so the basis... The basic baseline, yeah, I think I think I've talked about this on the on the podcast before. Of my my political stance is that the the government is put in place to protect its citizens, mm-hmm. right? That I think that is the primary and possibly the only reason we should have a government. Yeah, I mean, you see that in scripture, protection of citizens, and so read um, Romans chapter fourteen. So, or no, chapter four, chapter four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the chapters, but it's Romans. Um, Yeah, so I I think it fundamentally disqualifies you as a government official, as a um, as a an authority within the government, if you are not willing to protect um, the most helpless and vulnerable citizens that are a part of your your country. so, so I do think that being pro-choice is disqualifies you in my eyes from a governmental role. And no, I'm sorry, it's Romans chapter thirteen. I 13. don't know where my mind was. Gotcha. My mind is on First uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen. That's what it is. Gotcha. Yeah, thirteen. Romans thirteen. That's the one that says to pay your taxes, right? Yeah, be subject uh, to your government. <laughs> yeah, except when it's theft. That's like the eighth verse, right? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, anyways, <laughs> oh, I'm probably gonna get some nasty. Well, actually, some interaction would be cool. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I mean, if you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, <laughs> right? But because we live in a um, democracy, we have the power to vote. So, mm-hmm. if we use that power and vote. To where, to where we put people in office who are for less taxes. There you go. That's how it works. Yeah, totally, totally. But I was. If you don't want taxes, then vote for people who don't want taxes. Boom. That's Got how it. you do it. Representation. <laughs> Taxation with representation. <laughs> there oh, you gosh. go. That's what we. In, that's what we wanted in this country, right? Um, that's what it was founded on. But socialism is theft. And now Trump is president, so. <laughs> My, how we have fallen. We've just gone all over the map. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm trying to have like a serious discussion about why I wouldn't vote for a Democrat and then you're over here. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I like this. Um, it's called banter. It's fun. We're libertarians. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. Honestly, I don't even know everything that that means. It, there are libertarians who probably wouldn't consider us libertarians, yeah. but we consider ourselves libertarians. Yeah. 
It's kind of like that whole reform thing, right? Yeah, I'm too reformed kinda. for some people and not reformed enough for other people. <laughs> I'm too libertarian for the the bipartisan my bipartisan friends, and uh, or no 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 my partisan friends. Excuse me, not bipartisan. But then I'm not libertarian enough for my actual libertarian friends <laughs> because I do think taxes are okay. I think it's kind of ridiculous in our current. All right. I think certain taxes are okay. Yeah, well, not to the extent that we have them now. Well, yeah, but it's not going to... I also, I don't think taxation taxation is theft. That's all that I'm... That's what I've been Socialism circling around this entire conversation as I'm poking fun at that idea because that's like... That's the idea that gets thrown around on Facebook and Twitter. And In like general, that. no... I don't think that it's theft because I do think that we should have. Um, because I think that the role of government is to protect its citizens. I mm-hmm. think that we should pay taxes to have that protection. Mm-hmm. But I think to the extent that we are taxed now in our government for all these different things that we're taxed for, I think that those things are theft because I don't think that what the government is doing is biblical. Does that make sense? Um, Cause it's not just like the way our government is functioning right now. Like they're not just taking taxes for law enforcement and mm-hmm. protection. Like they're taking taxes for, Lots of other things like government run schools Mm -hmm. and um, I don't know. Give me other things. Certain Uh, programs. What is it like? Isn't it half a million dollars to Planned Parenthood? Yeah, there you go. Those types of things. Yeah. Other. Yeah. Other programs. Yeah. (laughs) Social security. Anyone Um, taking taxes. Taking my money for things that I don't even agree with morally, or mm-hmm. yeah. But let me let me ask you: Do you think Caesar, in the time of Jesus, used tax money entirely for um, the protection of the citizens? No, but that's why I said, like, yes, we need to give Caesar's what is Caesar's. Mm-hmm. But because we live in a democracy, we have the power to vote, right? And we need to use that power to vote our consciences. Right. Yes, I totally agree with that. I'm just I'm just saying I don't agree with the idea that taxation is theft um, because I don't think Jesus said that. When Jesus said to render to Caesar what is Caesar's, I think Caesar was doing all kinds of horrible things. I mean, you see like King Herod, right? He was just sitting on his butt. He was being a turd. <laughs> um you know, and and the government Not was just deterred. Well, right, murder yes, as well. right. And Caesar was totally cool with that and let him keep his place. Like there were messed up things happening in the government that the taxes were going to then as well. And Jesus did not qualify it when he said to give to Caesar what Caesar's. He looked at the money, said, "Hey, there's Caesar's face on this coin. Give him what's his. Give God what's God's." So obviously, he wasn't. His point wasn't give all your money back to Caesar. Right. But he was, he did not qualify his statement that sure, you know, the money is whoever's it is. 
Um, and and so I I don't think the taxation is theft. Anyways, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'm sure, that, like I could have this conversation with people who are who are way smarter than me and and know much more about um about like the governmental systems and and stuff like that in play. And I could probably have how do I say this? <laughs> I was gonna say I'd probably have my butt handed to me by them. Is basically what I'm trying to say. It's like I, I may not I may not have it all ironed out. I just think the basic principle, I think it's kind of childish to say taxation is theft. But I digress. We're not talking about taxation today. <laughs> we're not nope. talking about politics. Uh, we're not talking about the weather. We, we're not even talking about our kids. We're actually talking about today what we said we were going to talk about this week. We've actually had like a week's worth of prep. Sort of. Yeah. Whether we've used that week exactly. entirely to prep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So we're talking about tongues. Yeah. What are tongues? These crazy little appendages <laughs> that are stuck in our mouths. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they crazy? You can do all kinds of things with tongues. I like to eat with mine. Okay. Lick lollipops. You done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So yes, we are talking about tongues. Uh, so when I was researching this subject, um, I I just like typed in the word tongue into the search engine of my Bible app, uh, and. There's a ton of different verses. Tons of tongues. That just say the word tongue. Um, but all of them, with specifically just the word tongue, not tongues, mm -hmm. um, were referring to your speech or your language. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you know, not letting deceit be on your tongue. Um, and so like that told me that, okay, like tongue it's talking about the way you're talking. is talking about your language. Tongue means language. Uh, and if tongue means language, and tongues is just the plural form of tongue, then tongues means languages. Mm -hmm. um, so the gift of tongues uh, is the gift of languages. That is, it's because tongues means languages. That's what it's called, the gift of languages. Mm -hmm. Um. And it's a gift that the Holy Spirit gives as a sign that God is at work. And we, uh, we see that in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit gave many the ability to speak in different languages in order to draw the crowd. And then Peter gave the crowd the gospel, and 3,000 people were saved. Or it says, like, up to 3,000 people were saved. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not a gift that you learn. That is one of my pet peeves about the charismatic church is that they're with tongues. They try to teach you how to speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. And the way that they do that is they have you just say a word over and over and over again until it just becomes gibberish. And that's what tongues is. Hmm. Yikes. Yeah. Like no joke. I went to a, a very Pentecostal charismatic church when I was a teenager, and that's literally what you did. 
It's ridiculous. <laughs> what word did you pick? Oh, I never did it. <laughs> I was like, mm, not for me. <laughs> That's a little weird. Lollipop. <laughs> Lollipop. No, it was usually like, it was usually Jesus. Like say Jesus over and over and over and over, and over again. And then it just becomes gibberish. And then somehow that becomes this heavenly language Mm. That you're speaking back to God. It's like that nobody Pokemon. understands. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Um. <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Is that irreverent? It's probably <laughs> irreverent. Sorry. So it's not a gift that you learn. Um, scripture teaches us that not everyone will have it. And we see mm-hmm. that in First Corinthians 12. Uh, says, now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of help or healings, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? Are not are uh, all are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? Uh, all do not have gifts of healings, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Uh, not all will have it, and you can't learn it. Sorry, this I'm not reading First Corinthians anymore. This is me. <laughs> Just wanted to be clear about that. Uh, so not all will have it, and you can't learn it, because God distributes each one, each gift individually as he wills, says First Corinthians 12.11. Uh, so tongues is a spiritual gift, right? We've we established that. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the spiritual gifts were for the purpose of edifying the church. Yeah. The way, quote unquote, tongues <laughs> in the charismatic church is used, it sounds like gibberish. Um, and you you can't edify the church with something that's unintelligible because nobody can understand it. Mm -hmm. Like how can you edify the church when literally you you can't understand what that person is saying? There's just no purpose to it. Um, So I wanted to look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. In this chapter, um, in uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he really focuses on the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting in verse one, pursue love. I think that's that's really important to notice that he says that first, pursue love, because mm-hmm. that's what he was talking about in chapter 13. Um, like that whole chapter is on love. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the loving love your neighbor. <laughs> uh, so he starts off with that, like, Pursue love, mm-hmm. yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Mm-hmm. For one who speaks in a tongue, and the KJV says an unknown tongue. So I'm, that's interesting to me that there are these two different versions. Um, for one who speaks in a tongue or unknown ton, tongue does not speak to men, but to God. And some think that that actually that the Greek translates to to a God, not to God. Um, So most translations say God. Um, So I guess you'd just have to study that for yourself and find out what you think about that. But uh, 
For one who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. Again, like it's unintelligible. No one knows what you're saying. It's a mystery. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. And in this chapter, Paul really, really hammers in the purpose of the gifts being the edification of the church. Yeah. He really, really focuses on that. And the fact that tongues does not edify the church unless there's an interpreter, unless it's interpreted. Right. One, this uh, verse four, one who speaks in a tongue or an unknown tongue as KJV would say, edifies himself but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, if you read in previous chapters, uh, Paul talks about um, the good and bad ways of edifying. Um, so when he is talking about edifying the church, or talking about prophesy, prophesying edifying the church, that's he's saying that that's a good thing. Like that's the purpose mm -hmm. for the edification of the church is why these gifts exist. And if you're edifying yourself, that's selfish because that's not what the gift is for. You're using it improperly. If you're just edifying yourself. Um, now in verse five, now I wish that you all spoke in tongues. And it's important to note here that he uses tongues and not tongue or unknown tongue. And he, in this verse, he's talking about the proper use of the gift. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. And greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. Again, edification, edifying. Edify the church. <laughs> Do not edify yourself. Yeah. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, using the proper, he's talking about the proper use of tongues, what will I profit you unless I speak to you either way or either by way of revelation or of knowledge or of prophecy or of teaching? Yet even lifeless things, either flute or harp, in producing a sound, if they do not produce a distinction in the notes, how will it be known what is played on the flute or on the harp? In other words, if you're just banging out one note, that's not a melody. No one's going to be able to like follow that. Or if you're just playing chaotically on an instrument, no one can understand that. Like mm -hmm. that's what he's trying to get at. Uh, I lost my spot. Verse eight. For if the bugle produces an indistinct sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also you, unless you utter by the tongue speech that is clear, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are perhaps a great many kinds of languages in the world, and no kind is without meaning. I think that verse is really, really pointing to 
this incorrect use of tongues being just gibberish and unintelligible and without meaning. If then I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be to the one who speaks a barbarian. And the one who speaks will be a barbarian to me. In other words, you won't understand each other. Mm -hmm. So also you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, he's pointing out their like just (laughs) real desire for like everyone to have these special gifts. Mm -hmm. Like seek to abound for the edification of the church. Again, nailing in that point. Yeah. Like if you want these spiritual gifts, okay, but they have to edify the church. Yeah. If there's anything you want to say about any of this while I'm talking, feel free to jump in. Okay. I don't want this to just be me talking the whole time. So I want it to be a dialogue, a conversation. Uh, there, or this is verse 13. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. In other words, if you're going to speak in a language, make sure people can understand it. Mm-hmm. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. And the the I was listening to um, uh, uh, John MacArthur has a series on tongues, and he said that the Greek here, when it says my spirit, uh, it can also translate to my breath or my wind. Mm-hmm. Um, so for if I pray in a tongue, my breath or my my uh, my wind prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Mm-hmm. If it's really the Holy Spirit praying through you, your mind is not going to be unfruitful. Because some there are a lot of charismatics who use that verse to say that, see, look, like it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit. He has the Spirit. It's praying. But if mm. it's the Holy Spirit, your mind isn't going to be unfruitful. What is the outcome then? I will pray with the spirit and I will pray with the mind also. I will sing with the spirit or my breath and I will sing with my mind also. Otherwise, if you bless in the spirit only or with your breath, how will the one who fills the place of the ungifted say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not know what you're saying? For you are giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not edified. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Again, using the word tongues, talking about the proper use of it. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others also rather than 10,000 words in a tongue. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. In the law it is written, by men of strange tongues and by the lips of strangers I will speak to this people, and even so they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So then tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers, as we saw in, uh, in Acts chapter 2, Mm -hmm. where they were using it to draw in a crowd 
and then Peter gave them the gospel. So then tongues are for a sign not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophecy is for a sign not to unbelievers, but to those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues, and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are mad? (laughs) But if you all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. What is the outcome then, brethren? When you assemble, each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three that each in turn and one must interpret. And each in turn, meaning they don't speak at the same time. They Mm -hmm. take turns so that it's not chaotic and you can understand them. But if there is no interpreter He must keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. I thought that was so important because like if there's no interpreter there, which kind of tells me that like interpretation is a very rare gift, that if there's no interpreter there, then don't use tongues (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you won't be able to edify the church. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and all may be extorted. Exhorted, yeah. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. And then the bottom part gets into a uh, topic that we won't be talking about tonight. (laughs) So I'll stop right there. So we see here that the proper use of the gift of languages is to be a sign and is to edify the church, Mm -hmm. meaning you have to have an interpreter also. Yeah. It's not speaking in some unknown language that nobody can understand. Even if you think that God, only God can understand you, like that's just edifying yourself, which is selfish, which is wrong, which is not the proper use of tongues. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you wanted to to add? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've got a bunch. Okay, I was waiting for you to like interject and talk. I didn't want to stop. I didn't want to stop the entire chapter. And also I, I don't, um, yeah, you, you were on a roll and you had a lot to say. And so I didn't want to like nitpick what you had to say. Um, with, yeah, with just other kind of interpretations, but, um, backing up and just thinking through this whole issue of tongues. Like, I think what's muddied the water is what you had mentioned is kind of like the modern charismatic church Mm -hmm. that uses tongues as that, that says that the gift of tongues is something that um, 
is mainly for personal devotional use. Yeah. Yeah. Which he, I mean, he says that it does, it edifies, like you can be edified by it, but you're right. It's couched in this idea that the, um, that the spiritual gifts are given to edify the church. So like, it's not, but you're not to edify yourself. You can be edified by somebody else. I mean, you can build yourself up. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with edifying yourself, but not in the context of church. Like that's not the point. The right. point is not for you to be so to the be gifts, self-focused. Yeah, the gifts are for others, not right. for yourself. Yes, yeah, it's to serve others. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I mean, we talked about that last week, which is actually pretty cool because, like, that is totally the context of this chapter. Um, so, like, you you come into this chapter with that understanding already um, when when you get to First Corinthians fourteen, um, because Paul, I mean, all throughout the Corinthians, he's like kind of talking he is very encouraging to the corinthians but he also has to call them out on a lot of like bad things that they're doing in church Um, oh yeah i mean the entire book is paul calling them out on all their crap (laughs) right right exactly and so and so this is this is one of those things is the way that they're using to the way that they're conducting their their services actually the Mm -hmm. way they're conducting their meetings um because he goes he flows straight into it from the use of tongues into just like the order and the purpose that you're there, right? To mm-hmm. edify the church, the purpose, but then also that a, a, a worship service should be orderly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think it's interesting too that he he denotes like there are going to be unbelievers there too. Like yeah. he expects there to be unbelievers in the church, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, or excuse me, in the church, like I don't mean that in the, <laughs> I mean that in the visible church in like the worship yes. gatherings. Yes. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, is that they're going to be unbelievers Not the universal there. church. Right, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, it, if I could just pop in a little side note, being at a church like these, th- or excuse me, um, working at a church, these conversations pop up is like, yes, we ought to recognize in, in um, conducting our church services that there are going to be unbelievers mm-hmm. and we need to speak in such a way that unbelievers will understand. Anyways, going to get off my soapbox of that for just a second. <laughs> um, uh, but but that's one of the things that Paul says, because this chapter is about how to conduct yourself within a service, how to use your spiritual gifts, particularly in this chapter talking about or centering around prophecy and tongues and talking about the differences and also how they intersect with each other. Um, because he also talks about how tongues is a good thing if you can interpret it. Um, but yeah, let's back up for just a second. I, I completely agree that, um, the, what the idea, so I started off by saying that, you know, the modern charismatic church has kind of, and I say modern, I guess the charismatic church hasn't been around for very long anyway. Um, how their definition of tongues is very different than what we see in, (laughs) I would say in scripture in general, (laughs) but I don't mean, I don't mean to sound arrogant, forgive me, um, is, is, well, Let's let's take a look at scripture. Like you said, you had looked for tongue throughout um, throughout the Bible mm-hmm. in general, and I think that's one of the things that makes this conversation difficult, or why um, it's hard to explain what the gift of tongues is, is simply because it never showed up until the New Testament, mm-hmm. until the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Yeah, right. Tongues as a gift was not an Old Testament gift right it was never given yeah you um, saw 
prophecy, you saw miracles, mm-hmm. but you didn't see you didn't see tongues. Yeah. Um I think that it actually I think that is a major point. Uh, so the, the other thing, sorry, I don't know where to go with this because there are two different places. Well, I um, think that the reason it wasn't in the Old Testament is because you had Israel. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus hadn't come yet, so there wasn't really a gospel to tell. Does that make sense? Um, like, you, like you had God's chosen people Mm -hmm. israelites who had faith in um in the messiah and what was going to happen yes but it hadn't actually happened yet right so then after so then after jesus does die and is resurrected then you have the go out and make disciples go out and preach the gospel, right? Basically, mm-hmm. um, and in order to do that to all nations, you have to be able to speak all languages. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay, so th- so that was one of the ways that I'm going to go, and so we'll get to that, to that in just a second because I think the fact that it's not used at all in the Old Testament kind of points to um, the reversal that some that of an event that happened in the Old Testament. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to say. Oh, and I might have just lost it, so we might not even be able to go down oh, that no, road. Oh no, I'm anyway. so sorry. <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, this is about the Tower of Babel. Well, well that's that. that. That was the other thing, um, and that's what I do want to talk about. But oh, uh, oh, the other thing. The other thing that I was going to say is just that, in addition to the fact that tongues is not, um, it, it doesn't even show up until Acts two. Is that really? It, doesn't show up very often even in the new testament right um they're only like this chapter is probably (laughs) the longest stretch within the entire bible Mm -hmm. where it's talked about consistently yeah and this is a single chapter Mm -hmm. in first Corinthians. now i get it there were no chapter didn't paul did not denote chapters and so the only reason this is a chapter is because it deals with the same thing so i get that um but what i'm saying is like we see it a handful of times in acts when it's when it's mm-hmm. talked about we see it in first corinthians and that's about it i think like, there's like one verse in romans but that's that's those are the only things i can think of yeah yeah so so really and then it you know it mentions it in revelation but that's tongues they're just talking about languages like, right right they're not talking about it in the sense of like the spiritual, the spiritual gift, gift of yeah. tongues right um and so it, it I've searched, you guys. Yeah. yeah. I looked it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done a week of research. Uh, um, so, so I mean, I think that also points to, now don't don't take this too far, but I think that points to, um, especially when you read kind of the context in which it is spoken of, is that this cannot be the most important thing in the Christian life. Right. Right? So again, I'm going to pick on the charismatic church. Um, or maybe Pentecostal. Maybe I'm not using the correct word, but they go hand in hand. Um, they do, but I think Pentecostal is like Super Saiyan ver- version of charismatic. Well, <laughs> Pentecostals um, are charismatic, right? Exactly, exactly. So there's charismatic movement. Pentecostals are one of the pillars in that, and then they're kind of out there. Um. So so, anyways, I'm picking on them because they often say like you need to speak in tongues in order to 
to to show that you are, have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that's a whole other thing. I mean, we can just maybe we'll talk about it later. But basically, wrong, that, that's, wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong. You get the Holy Spirit when you're saved. Okay, <laughs> wrong, 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 it. wrong. It's not. Well, no, 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 no. wrong. <laughs> Actually, no. We all are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. At the moment of conversion. Oh, of yeah. Regeneration. Are, yeah. So uh, it is not, what is wrong is when you say that that's separate from salvation, like that's the level two of Christianity. Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> again, we, maybe we can talk about that some other time, but that uh, we reject that. We deny that that is the case. Um, so, so all that to say um, where I was going is that this really is only talked about in a few different places. And so it is, it is kind of a more difficult topic to kind of wade through. Um, but here we see in, in the chapter where it's even talked about a lot is that it's secondary, mm-hmm. man. Like this whole chapter, Paul is talking about how prophecy is better than tongues. Um, and we see that, I mean, he's telling the Corinthians, like, you're, you want tongues because tongues is like this miraculous thing. Um, that that's happening, you know, it's you like want to be it's like showy, the, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You want to be like those apostles at Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying, that's not, that's not what this is about. It's not about, it's not about wowing people with your talents. It's about building people up right. and prophecy builds people up. Like, um, so speaking the words of God mm-hmm. builds people up. Not And when Paul is saying prophesying, that's what he's saying. He's giving He's talking about giving the word of God. Yes. I mean, that's, so that's another, that's something that we can kind of talk about as well. You know, we, we talked about prophecy just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, this was during a time at which prophecy was still being given. Mm-hmm. You know, the, this was at a time when the canon wasn't closed, obviously, because right. Paul was writing it. <laughs> it was literally canon. Um, well, but so, I found it interesting that he did, um, he did mention prophesying and revelation as different things. Hmm, where was that? Verse six. If I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? What is the outcome then, brethren, when you assemble? Each one has a psalm, has a teaching, has a revelation, has a tongue, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two. Then he talks about prophecy again down there. But if a revelation is made to another who is seated, the first one must keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one. I just think it's e- interesting that he uses different words. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, re- yeah, yeah. And and again, because we'll, you we'll, can prophesy with a revelation, but you can also prophesy with words that ha- have already been given. Does that make sense? Interesting. Um. Yeah, because I'm, I'm it's not God sure. word, God's word. Because you're giving God's word. Does that make sense? Um, somewhat, somewhat. Uh, again, I mean, if we refer back to a few weeks ago when we were talking about prophecy, prophecy is the telling of yeah of what God has said has revealed. Right. Um, so it is, it is, it is linked with new revelation, and it just means to speak before to. 
Right, to foretell, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, I mean, we talked about prophecy a few Little weeks tangent, ago. We're not, yeah, we're not necessarily <laughs> going to gonna because there's enough here about tongues um the the point is prophecy edifies people there tongues does not so tongues is a secondary thing so point being tongues is something that is not talked about very much in scripture it is not uh you know like a first order issue um so but that that said we do want to try and understand what the scripture says about it mm-hmm. so back to what we were uh, the other kind of thing that i wanted to tackle is that with it not being talked about the the gift of tongues not being seen in the old testament at all um i think what we see at pentecost where the gift of tongues is given is actually a reversal of something that happened in the old testament namely the tower of babel the account there where all of mankind came together to do something okay mm-hmm. they said they wanted to be like god <laughs> and so they were going to build a tower to heaven and God said, uh, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> and in order to disperse people, because he originally told um, Adam and Eve to go to be fruitful, multiply, mm-hmm. fill the earth, dominate it. And while people were, you know, making more people, um, <laughs> they stayed in the same place. And they all said, well, we're going to do this one thing and build this tower. Mm-hmm. God was like, come on, guys, this is not this is not what I told you to do. So shoo like go do it (laughs) and so what he did is he struck them with different languages each person there had a different language they were babbling to each other (laughs) get it tower of babel (laughs) um that's where we get our english words uh and and so they couldn't understand each other and so they had to go out into their own groups so that they could understand each other and they went out and dispersed into the world right so this is a reversal of that here in it. Well, it's in Acts chapter two, not necessarily first Corinthians 14, but in Acts two at Pentecost, God is allowing the apostles to speak and to be heard in multiple languages. Mm-hmm. It's the exact reversal of Babel where each person would speak a different language and they couldn't talk to each other. Now you see the apostles are speaking and everyone is able to hear. And and it even mm-hmm. talks about in Acts 2, the different people that were there at that time from the different regions. And they were amazed because they were all speaking in their own language. Yeah. Or they were hearing them in their own language. You know, the, what they were speaking was able to be heard and understood by everyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the implication there is that God is calling all people to himself to see what Jesus had done to hear what the apostles had to say, which was, like you mentioned, the Great Commission, what Jesus said, to go out into all the world and make disciples. So um, I think the key to understanding the gift of tongues is that it was given as a sign that all people are in the kingdom. Right. That all people are going to be a part of. And I think, like all you mentioned- All people as in like- from every, every tribe tongue and nation exactly a tongue <laughs> um <laughs> and i think i think that's also um important that what you said it in revelation it talks about it as well is that and that's what that verse is from you know every tongue tribe tongue people and nation um before the throne praising god is um that these tongues these these different languages no longer separate us as people now we are gathered together as the people of God. And so, I, I mean, I think that is kind of the key behind what tongues is and why it was given. 
being a form of cessationist, um, I mean, you can call me a soft cessationist or whatever. I mean, we can talk about that. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about right now. <laughs> um, I, I don't think that that specific gift is employed today in the same way that it was then. I think the purpose of tongues was given. And there, the few other accounts that you see in Acts are very specific, like the, um, uh, who's a Cornelius, I think he was a Greek dude, um, who spoke in tongues after it, Cornelius was the one who came to Peter. So Peter saw the vision of all the different animals and Mm -hmm. God said to eat. And he was like, no, I can't eat. I'm a Jew. I can't do that. God. And God's like, no, eat (laughs) everything. Like, and and God was telling him the, the Gentiles can be brought in as well. That was God's right. way of saying that. And and then Cornelius shows up, right? And so Peter preaches the gospel to Cornelius and Cornelius, a Greek guy, starts speaking in tongues. Well, that is God's way of saying he has the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like even though you have these different languages, you guys can talk to each other because he is, he's, he's in, <laughs> right? He's a he part is your of brother. my, exactly, yes. exactly. There's no longer this barrier that was once there. Um, so I think it was given very specifically in the scriptures to do things like that. Being a quote unquote soft cessationist, I think that God, sure, if God wants to, he can perform this miracle in someone's life again, in the life of a, a missionary who mm-hmm. goes out to a different country. Um, I've heard account now, second and third hand, hand accounts. I can't attest to them personally. I've heard people say, uh, you know, I never knew Spanish. And then I went to Mexico and I was there and um, I got up and started speaking in Spanish and, and, and preaching the gospel. Okay. Um, I can't, I can't affirm or deny that that's happened, but I have heard accounts of things like that happening. And if God wants, what I'll say is that if God wants to do that and to work in that miraculous way, Awesome for his glory, for right. edifying people, right? For preaching the gospel to show that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, to show that the in-gathering mm-hmm. of the different people into God's kingdom. But it's yeah. not the norm. But, right, it's not the norm. And I don't think it was the norm in Acts either. No, it was <laughs> never meant the to point. be the to norm. To be a norm, exactly. Um, and um, it is definitely not what we see in the charismatic movement no. today. I, I don't think that that shares any any relation. There's no actual with, language. There's no right. interpretation. Right. There's no edification. Yeah. And interpretation, I think that's interesting too, is that, is that Paul kind of hammers that home, that it does need to be interpreted if mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Um, and and my the way that I read this, the way that I understand it is that Tongues, like you said, the word tongues just means languages. Mm -hmm. So there is a gift of tongues. So speaking in multiple languages, Mm -hmm. miraculously, there's that gift. But I think when we talk about um, tongues and languages, we do also have to understand, because he was was speaking to the Corinthians, these these, uh, people were on the cusp of the New Testament church. They had all these different people with different languages in their church as well. Mm -hmm. So I think part of what Paul is saying, uh, and we somewhat disagree on this, is that um, the people there just spoke different languages. So he's saying, guys, stop standing up and having six people talk in different languages at the same time. Like that's not what's supposed to be happening in your church. Order yourselves so that everyone is edified. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I digress. 
but the but the idea of interpretation automatically it assumes that it can be interpreted right so therefore it cannot just be gibberish right. because gibberish cannot be interpreted. Like you said, repeating the word Jesus over and over and over again cannot be interpreted. It can't because it's the same syllables over and over. Like, well, and we've, okay, so our, as a people, we have come far enough to where if someone is speaking in an actual language, we can tell. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell when Spanish is being spoken. I can tell when Italian is being spoken. I can tell when French, Which sound German, very similar, by the way. Yeah, I can tell when <laughs> French is being spoken, when German is being spoken. Like gibberish is not a language. Yeah, it can't literally cannot be interpreted. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, so that that's my point is that even talking about interpretation automatically. Um, rejects the idea that gibberish is tongues, is what Paul is even talking about. Right. Um, and, and Paul may even be emphatically making that statement here, whether, you know, he, he may be in this passage just intentionally saying, like, guys, this is not what should be happening, if, if that was what's happening. Um, and that said, the only caveat I'm going to give to that is that there are plenty of, of passages that say to, you know, shout to the Lord, um, to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Of course, that may be talking about instrumentation, things like that. There are instances in which you can vocalize in worship to God. That's not in language. That's okay, but it's not edifying to the lord okay so so i think a modern um kind of picture of that is vocalization in like worship songs or or like a um sort of the same way that you would do kind of like a a, a instrumental uh uh what's it called interlude geez i can't even think of the word um where there are no words being spoken but there is there are sounds being played or when you vocalize a certain line in a song Okay, um, I I think that's okay to do, but that that's not edifying. Like it's not it's it is expressing your emotion to God, and it is not necessarily wrong. However, it is certainly not the gift of tongues. Yeah, it's not the these um these other. It's not a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those well, kinds and of there's things. there is absolutely no instance in any part of the Bible where someone was speaking gibberish or where someone says that you should speak in an unknown, unintelligible tongue. Mm -hmm. Even Jesus himself says this in Matthew 6, verse 7, and when you are praying, do not use meaningless words repetition as the (laughs) gentiles do yeah for they suppose that they will be heard for their many words so do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him and then he says pray in this way and then he gives the prayer he specifically says do not use meaningless repetition right right yeah 
So, uh, which is, I think it's very important that he notes that because it was, it was very popular in that time among pagan religions to have this sort of gibberish, quote unquote, language to their gods. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, and I mean, even, even saying that, like, you could see how early, early Christianity, um, especially again with this idea of now the Gentiles are being brought in, you could imagine how pagan practices would start to be, start to infiltrate the church. That sounds, that sounds much like worse than I mean. I just mean like it would just be assumed. Say you have someone nowadays who's way into like astrology and new age, all that stuff, mm-hmm. who becomes a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. That person would still, they they still have to get out of their old thinking patterns, right? Mm-hmm. They would still, it would they would need to be discipled properly, mm-hmm. right? Um, but oftentimes they would still look at their horoscope and then see how Jesus fits into that, right? So, so you can imagine how these pagan practices would be in the church, um, and and just be assumed that it's okay, right? Like that, like this is spiritual, so it's okay in this context, right? Um, where where Paul is like again, and Jesus specifically, right? Is like, Jesus, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but Paul, especially to the Corinthians, again, the almost the entire book is it's very encouraging, but it's encouraging in a way that's like, stop it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you're doing so, is wrong. He's calling them out exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So when when you are mixing these pagan practices in with with what the prophets have set down, what God has set down through all of history, like you're missing the mark mm-hmm. because the point is to edify the church. Right. The point is that you ought to um, structure your meetings, your worship gatherings in such a way that you are edifying each other. You're not self-focused anymore. You're focused on the people that are there, um, even if they're unbelievers, which again, I, I just think is really cool that he mentions that um, because he's talking about even outreach. Mm-hmm. Um, and making sure that well, they're included. Well, yeah, that's included. what tongues was used for right. as a sign exactly. to draw the unbelievers in to make them go, whoa, like what's going on? You know, yeah. like yeah. God is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he says, I mean, in this chapter that, uh, you know, if everyone's speaking in tongues, like it's going to freak people out. It's going to freak out people who are just like checking it out. Because mm-hmm. yeah. You have six different people, six different languages, all trying to say something at the same time. Like, you can't just give you a headache, right? Right, and I, I yeah, yeah. I don't even know that I necessarily want to go down that road. Um, I'll just say that I've been a what part road? of. Sorry, th- th- where I was going in my head is that I've been <laughs> a part of services where um, apparently tongues is being spoken, and you have just like this extended period of people just saying gibberish right and talking over each other Mm -hmm. and it it for me it was very uncomfortable yeah because it doesn't like (laughs) even as a christian i don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. um but it's not it it is i think paul calls it out here that it's Mm self-seeking um it is it is 
like you like you had said, it's selfish. You're not thinking of the rest of the body, which I think also um, applies to. I, th- I think Paul's point is more than just prophecy in tongues. His point overall is that that is what you ought to be doing in your worship service: is think about the people who are there and think about how you can edify each other. And God's going to be there. He's going to show up. You know, like He's going to be working through it all. Um, so certainly we rely on the Holy Spirit to to lead and to guide and to actually teach uh, his word to people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have to take into account, like, what is the purpose of us being here? Because it's not, you know, I'll, ta- I'll take it in the, in the realm of worship, in the realm of musicianship. It's not for you to get to play your guitar. It's not for you to get to sing because you like to sing. Right. It's for you to lead people in the worship of God. You know, it's it's, it's for to the edification of the church. Everyone there, yeah. And when you make it about yourself, you're perverting the purpose for mm-hmm. even being there. Um. So yeah, that's what I think. I think it's, I think it's much simpler than we have made it. I think tongues is just languages. Um. I think there was a specific gift that was given at this time that was miraculous mm-hmm. as a sign to gather people into the church. Um, that may occur nowadays, possibly, but it's not, I don't think it's common. No. I think the purpose, again, is to draw people into the church when there's no other way. I mean, I'll just say from a practical standpoint, the world has gotten a lot smaller nowadays. Right. We can connect. We have Google Translate. Yep. Jeez. You know, so God doesn't need to use that specific sign any longer right. again he can he can i'm right. not putting i'm and not putting god in a box i don't and- know a cessationist who would say that god can't do something <laughs> yeah yeah unless it's something that he has said he can't do right yes yeah, sin yeah uh, <laughs> go against his word exactly give new revelation um <laughs> anyways um yeah so oh uh, yeah all i don't even know where where i was going with that <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I think it's, it's, it's actually more simple than we make it out to be is that God is just talking about languages. When we speak in languages, we speak to be understood by others and to edify others, not, um, just for the fun, not, not to just glorify ourselves. Right. So, um, yeah. Do you think we've hammered in this point? enough i hope so i don't know (laughs) do you think they get it (laughs) i don't know we could just keep compounding words (laughs) in english in the english language over and over again in our native tongue because it's the only one we dumb americans know (laughs) um so we do have some uh recos uh oh yeah we will put the uh the series by john MacArthur that i listened to in the in the show notes. Yeah. And, um, are there any resources you have on this topic that you want to share? I mean, my, my main one was the book that I talked about last week, spiritual yeah. gifts. Um, Shriner talks a lot about it. And I, I just really like, because he, uh, again, because he's a cessationist and because he has taken, um, a few other, like he's taking into account other people's, um, argumentation of this, like, I talked about it last week, but his dedication in the book was to Sam Storms and John Piper mm-hmm. 
and I can't remember the other. I feel so dumb. It might have even no. It well, definitely wasn't MacArthur because he's not a cessation. Or he is a cessationist. Um, a staunch cessationist. Exactly. Well, MacArthur <laughs> is staunch in anything that he does, which you gotta love the guy for that. Like he is he's, just a hundred percent. Yep. With whatever. No matter what he yeah. proclaims, even if it's pre-millennialism, which is funny. Um, no, MacArthur's great. MacArthur's great. We definitely disagree on on some yeah, things. Yeah, he's but... kind of an anomaly to me sometimes. What do you mean? With just with the like pre-mill the premillennial yeah. like yeah. dispensationalism, yet he's like very Calvinist. Yeah, and I'm just like, how do these two go together? <laughs> I don't understand. What is going on? Um, yeah, darn it, I I can't remember. Was it D. A. Carson? I I don't remember. Anyways, so uh, yeah, so Schreiner like knows the the other side like he takes into account the other arguments and so even when he talks about tongues in the book um he he intentionally is addressing other people's arguments and and i think he does so in such a way where he presents part of their argument and doesn't just dismiss it entirely but says this is not a strong case because of xyz like not that there's no case just that it's not convincing mm-hmm. um so I mean that that's primarily what where I studied was from his from his book and then also from what you found from MacArthur. Um and and I I liked how Schreiner I liked Schreiner's understanding more. It was to me it was more simple than MacArthur's kind of the way that he used or the way that he interpreted some of the words that like you had mentioned earlier, just kind of in passing that are not necessarily the way that it's interpreted in most English versions today. Mm-hmm. So, so it felt kind of like he was stretching the text a little bit to me. Um, and Schreiner just felt more simple, but I, again, I love MacArthur's passion and, um, he had a lot of really great info. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like historical context. Right. And it was just like, kind of blew my mind a little bit. Just yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, <laughs> even though there's the only two places that I went to look because I had a week, um, I would recommend checking out multiple resources. And I think I think MacArthur even mentions this at the beginning of his series is that uh, there are tons of books out there, and almost no two are going to be alike because this because the issue of tongues is like hotly debated, mm-hmm. like. Everyone has a different understanding. And I think it, it's partially, it's it's in part because it's not talked about that much in scripture. And so it's 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 somewhat difficult to interpret. Um, I'll, I'll say that a lot of the way that you interpret it has to do with how you see, like even the overall story of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like I, when I was talking about tongues earlier, um, I mentioned just how I believe that it's a sign and then it happened. Like if you take all of the scripture, I see acts as, or excuse me, I see the Pentecost, gift, right. Pentecost, Pentecost yeah. as a sign of something as, as God was doing something in that moment. Mm-hmm. If you read acts as we ought to be doing everything that the church was doing in acts, you're going to, come up with a different interpretation than I did. Um, because I don't, I don't think that, I think the book of Acts was given to us to tell us what God was doing mm-hmm. at that time and to show like 
the breaking in of the kingdom on earth and, and what the New Testament church, how it began, right. I don't think it necessarily means that we ought to be doing everything they were doing. Um, so there are things like that that causes you to go in different directions. I, mean, and I understand that. Reading First Corinthians will tell you there's a lot of things we shouldn't do that they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. I mean, yeah, but that that was a different. I know. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's the whole point of First Corinthians, just... right? Um, but I mean, there there are certain things you come to just your understanding of what God is doing throughout the Bible. I mean, like I grew up in in churches that you know you. you you take a look at Bible stories and you're like, oh, well, we ought to be like the main character in this Bible story. And I just don't think that's the case ever. I think all the stories are talking about Jesus, guys. Like the yeah. point is Jesus is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so be like Jesus. And that doesn't mean do everything that Jesus did. So anyways, I think that... Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean we can be like Jesus. Right, right. You cannot die for someone else's sins. Um, nor can you spit on someone's eyes and have them see again. Um, but certain people come to the text and, and believe that that's the way that you should read it, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy to me. I don't think that makes the best sense out of what God has given us his revelation for. Um, so anyways, I'm kind of stretching out this point I was going to call someone here. out, but I didn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think we have to. Um, so... Uh, sorry. So I, I would say definitely like read from multiple sources if you can to get different ideas and see what aligns best with scripture and what you believe that God is doing. And definitely. of course, in any of these things that we kind of encourage you to study, ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Yeah. We're not your spiritual saying. authority. So exactly. please don't just take our word for it. Yeah. I would love to encourage Research you it for yourself, but yes, um, we're not, we're, we're not your, your, yeah, spiritual authorities. So, um, do you have any other recommendations? Don't think so. Well, if you, uh, think we were just totally, totally off base and you have some strong language for us, <laughs> You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page for the podcast, the So Talk To Me Facebook page. Um, there's a link in the description for that. You can email us at sotalktomepodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter. And I don't think I've tweeted in a couple of weeks. Sorry about that, guys. Our handle is at so underscore talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Um... Don't speak gibberish. Don't speak gibberish. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Don't. You don't have to. It's meaningless. You don't have to do it. And pointless. Yeah. So talk to someone so that they can understand you. Exactly. Speak in a intelligible language. (laughs) (laughs) An intelligible, right? It's yes. not unintelligible. <laughs> it reminds me of a, oh, what is it from 10 Things I Hate About You? I know oh. you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you ever just be whelmed? I think you can in Europe. I was okay. thinking of the office. He was decapitated. <laughs> his kappa, his kappa was, was detated from, from his, his head. head. <laughs> uh.
All right. I mean, really, that's what this whole podcast thing is all about, right? It's about talking, talking, having conversations, speaking in such a way that people can understand yes. you. So that's what we encourage. For, to encourage married couples to yeah. have better communication. Exactly. So key takeaway, okay? Speak so that your spouse can understand you. Hey. Oh, see you next week. Oh, what?